Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. I started in myeloma nearly 25 years ago. And at that time, the average expectation of life in someone with myeloma was maybe one to two years. But even just in this last 10 to 12 years, we have doubled, if not tripled, the average survival of patients. I saw a new patient this week, and we had this conversation that based on what we've done over the last decade, my expectation is that patient's going to live more than 10 years. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? You know, when we were trying to get this podcast off the ground, we had a lot of questions. How do you record an episode? How do I get the show into all the apps people like to listen to? You know, best of all, how do we like to make money off this podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to, your po- to podcast right away. In fact, that's what we're doing right now by reading this ad. You know, I like to listen to, to my scary podcast during the week while I'm at work. And man, let me tell you, it just gets me in an extra zone so I can keep working all day long. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me and a diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. Another episode of the Hollow Sports Podcast. Again, it's Kelsey and DJ. We are continuing our top five player rankings. Uh, we moved into the offense. We are starting with top five tight ends and receivers today. Uh, super excited about this one. Uh, Might have been harder for receivers than even we thought it could have been for safeties, but we'll see. Well, we might have some crazy lists. The weekly cliche continues. Man, this was hard. <laughs> exactly. This will be the case. No more. <laughs> exactly. Well, let's go ahead and get us kicked off. Uh, we also have Brendan here with us, just so everybody does know. He is going to be with us through the entire top five, so I'm going to stop introducing him every single time we get a new episode. You're just going to hear his voice. You're just going to hear him predict 13-3 and three Cardinals for 2018. He's part of the podcast from now on. It's just it's, it's, he's stuck. So, but DJ. Money. Yeah, DJ, who you got? Number five. Who's your, top, who's your number five tight end? 
this is where it was kind of interesting. I mean, like, towards the top, it was kind of, all right, okay, you kind of know the two or three guys you're picking. But here at five is where it gets a little fun. I took last year's breakout star at tight end, Darren Waller. The six foot seven monster, I, he had, I think it was like 90-something catches with the Raiders last year. He was their bright spot on offense until Hunter Renfro started the breakout towards the end of the year. And Josh Jacobs as well, too. Like, he was their ultimate pass-catching tight end. He could use some work at blocking. But when it came to when it came to getting open, making plays down the field, and just moving the sticks, he was the ultimate kind of guy you want. Carr had seventy percent completion because he was finding the big man over the middle pretty frequently. He, I think he's poised for yet another breakout star. We know John Gruden likes those old school big tight ends, running backs, nineteen ninety five, that sort of thing. Oh yeah, and I think Darren Waller fits that just fine, and he can scoop. So when he gets into the open field, good luck catching him as well. So Brendan, who do you have at number five? Um. This one, I I think three through five was harder for me than one through two, obviously, like 100%. But five, I've got Rob Gronkowski. Oh, we're going with the unretired, okay. Uh, well, he's had a year of rest, so his body isn't as torn up as it would be if he had played the whole season. But there's some other factors that I think play into this. He's got more weapons around him that allow him to become more open. So even if he's lost a step, he's got Evans and Godwin who take a lot of the pressure off of him. I I, I don't see him having a bad year. I mean, yeah, Tom is not nearly as protected as he was in, in uh, New England, but even then, he's got more weapons, so he's probably going to have a little bit more opportunity to make a throw before the pressure gets to him. So I like Gronk, I like Gronk at five. I think he's, he's set for a good year. Even though he has been away for a year, we haven't really seen what he's been like in training or anything like that, but that's the way the team is set up. It's good for him. Absolutely. I, I definitely like that Gronk pick. I, I hesitated on Gronk just because he has been out for a year. Um, Honestly, though, everything you said is, is a damn good reason to keep him at number five. Uh, but for me, I also went with Darren Waller. Um, led the Raiders in in, in pass in pass receptions all season last year. You know, it, it's a good it's a humble story too. You, you got to think about it. He was a bust, and then came back with the Raiders. Really showed out during hard knocks, and then oh by the way, I am that good again. Um, you know, it's good to hear that you know he got a second chance and he's making the most of it. Um, I guess technically a third chance, but still, uh, he you know, and he moves as fast as a receiver does sometimes. So I mean, maybe like a slow receiver like Fitzgerald is nowadays. He's but, just a big ass receiver, basically. Yeah, he's. I mean, he just catches the ball. So it's you know that's why I went with Darren Wall at five. I I, I was torn though. It was it was tough at at five. You're exactly right, Brennan. It was. I feel like three through five was the tough ones. So DJ, what about number four? I will say I left Gronkowski off the list because I want to see a little more from him, and I feel like he's only going to have like. 30 catches granted 10 of them will probably be touchdowns i think he's gonna be used primarily in the red zone it's like oh god a fade to godwin oh god a fade to evans we should double team both of them oh wait there's gronkowski gosh dang it he's huge too (laughs) so i think gronk's gonna have some pretty solid numbers at the end of the season but the last time we saw him he looked dead so i can only imagine how he's gonna come back but anyway for me at number four i have the guy who is currently in baltimore as opposed to waller mark andrews last year's i don't want to say he's also a breakout star but Having him, you could see what it did for Lamar Jackson. He went from a pretty decent passer that the Chargers kind of clapped up a little bit in the playoffs to leading the league in touchdown passes, in large part because Mark Andrews completely dominated the middle of the field. He's a big presence, fantastic route running. He's a receiver as well, kind of like we talked about. And at the same time, he can block a little bit. He's like 6'7". He's massive. 
and he was polished. He's really clean out there. He those time that time at Oklahoma paid off because he already was ready for NFL routes, the NFL route tree. He kind of like your boy Travis Kelsey, who we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about soon, unless we all left him off the list or something like that. But he's I just one of those guys that has a really clean receiver skill set and a huge body. So I got Mark Andrews, though you product at four. Brennan, who do you got it for? I I've got Austin Hooper. All right, I like it. Uh, I, I was really split between him and Mark Andrews, to be honest. Um, I, the thing I have against Mark Andrews is the system that he's in. It it makes it so hard to be a defensive back playing against the Ravens because you don't know where it's going to go. Because fifty percent of the time, it's probably going to be a run. Seventy so, percent of the time. <laughs> I, I think. I think the lack of of mobility in the quarterback position lends Austin Hooper's stats to be a little bit more about him versus just about the whole scheme. I think. I think his ability to to get open. Um, I know he's not the quickest guy on the field. He's also not going to be the biggest tight end on the field. But I mean, he's he's still putting up numbers. I mean, what what was this? he finished? What seven hundred and eighty yards? A lot. I yeah, mean, it was over seven fifty for yeah, sure. I mean, six touchdowns. I mean, it's it's he's in the realm of, of of a receiver just as much. And I don't know. He's just one of those guys that's it's hard to root against him. Not to mention, uh, last year he played for the Falcons, right? Yeah. Yeah. He had Julio Jones competing with tar- for targets, and Calvin and Julio Ridley. Jones is going to get the ball. So except I mean, in the red zone, yeah, except to, the red zone. Well, yeah, <laughs> but to come up with 750 yards on top of Julio's 1300, I mean, it's it, it, it's a big one for me, and in, in that it shows his ability to to really play the field, play play the the coverages. He's uh, to me, I feel like he's set up. Skill set wise and IQ wise, a little bit better than Mark Andrews. I'm not. I'm not saying anything bad about Mark Andrews. I just feel like the scheme helps him a little bit more yeah. than with Hooper. We'll see. He's definitely gonna have to get used to sharing the ball. Now he's got Odell, Jarvis Landry, possibly David and Joku, and they they got a squad up there. Oh, they yeah. got a squad in Cleveland now. They were the yeah. they were the pick last year that everyone whiffed on, so they're probably not getting the love this year. But this might be the year to pick Cleveland to not be embarrassing. And we'll get to that one when we get to our rankings. For- you know, the one thing I, I, I will say about Austin Hooper, uh, I, I left him off my list because I was worried with Njoku, and now that Njoku's coming out and saying he wants to trade, that does open Hooper up for a lot more opportunities. Um, honestly, I didn't even think he was going to see the field, even though he's that big money signing uh, with Njoku in the roster, just because Njoku's so much more dynamic. Um, they had the drafted guy, too. That, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. But yeah. He's the top-rated tight end, too. One of the top-rated tight ends. Uh, yeah. Th- I mean, take your pick. Uh, Pinkney. Was the Florida Atlantic guy? Oh no, he went to the Jets. Uh, Harrison Bryant went to the Jets. Okay, who did the who did the Browns take? That? I think it was Pinkney because Kmet oh, okay. went to the Bears and yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, so uh, my number four, DJ, we strike again. Um, Mark Andrews uh, is my number four. Literally for everything you said, and you know when it comes down to it, when Lamar's like, oh shit, I got to get the ball out, he looks for the big number eighty nine right in the middle of the field. That's just standing there with three men behind him, and he's still bigger than all of them, and he just hits him right in the center of the chest. And if they're not there on top of him, they're chasing Hollywood Brown all over the place. So chances are they're going to be 30 yards deep, and Mark Andrews is just going to post up on everybody. Exactly. It's just crazy just how – and you're exactly right. He was – 
He was ready to come out of college as a sophomore at OU. He stayed two more years, and he got that much better. Um, by the way, played with the Heisman Trophy winner. Um, no big deal or anything. But, yeah, uh, now he's played with another Heisman Trophy winner, and he makes that Heisman Trophy winner look as good as his previous Heisman Trophy winner. So, yeah, they yeah they might. I mean, first the Heisman Trophy winner, and then now the MVP. And maybe Mark Andrews is kind of like that secret sauce that we talk about. Maybe those – I mean, Baker hasn't quite been the same without Mark Andrews. I mean, if you want, yeah, if you want to look look at it, he's also not been the same without D.D. Westbrook. But still, it's uh, it's hard to say. Uh, he did have the one year in college without D.D. Westbrook that he won the Heisman, though. All right, fair enough, fair enough. Fair All right, enough. I, I, I'm picking up what you're attempting to set down. <laughs> Point is, Mark Andrews' secret sauce. Yeah, Mark Andrews. I mean, he's just he's young and he's getting better. Um, this list might change at the end of the year that we don't know. Uh, uh, he might climb this list real quick, or he might disappear, and Austin Hooper might have. I mean, the, the AFC North making a strong push here, number four for all of us. Absolutely. Well, number three, this is where it kind of gets into the old ha- old hats, huh? This, and they're old and the oldest one out of it. We kind of all have the same final three tight ends, I'd imagine, or at least pretty close, and they're all 30 or under, but they're considered old. For me, I got Mr. Julia Ertz at number three, Zach Ertz himself. Completely very reliable hands, fantastic route running, miserable blocking, pretty much everything you expect from a tight end. The one thing I didn't like last year that I saw a lot of was in one tight end sets, we saw a lot more Dallas Goddard than Zach Ertz. I know he's probably a little dinged up, but the year before that, we saw him with 116 catches. Him and Carson Wentz have, they got that Gronkowski, Tom Brady, they got that link going. Yeah. And the Eagles have a lot of weapons, so obviously Carson's going to spread it. But I feel like when in doubt, find Zach Ertz. Heck, look at the Super Bowl. Nick Foles is like, yeah, let's put Zach Ertz out there on an island instead of Alshon Jeffrey or any of the other guys like, yeah, we're going to put Zach Ertz on the island and just we'll let him do it when we need that play. Exactly. He's just a mismatch. He's so hard to cover. I mean, you can look at film. He puts double moves on Harrison Smith, who we were talking about just a couple episodes ago and smoking them. He's an all-decade caliber tight end if you look at it. I mean, Oh, absolutely. Some of these other guys have been really good for shorter times. Gronkowski's been good for a long time, but the injuries kind of hurt him. Ertz has been Mr. Reliable pretty much the whole since he's been in the league. So I got him at three with room to go up or down significantly depending on how this year goes because last year was rough. The year before that was should be number one tight end. So we're we're splitting the difference at three with him. And not to mention anyone who can catch Julie Ertz deserves to be in the top three just from that alone. Yeah, I mean, you you got that ring on your finger, bud. You got to keep that. We're not talking about her, you know, FIFA World Championship ring. We're talking about his ring on from her he might be the only person on all these top five lists that we do that's not the best athlete in their family yeah no not even close and i mean like they're immediately household family too anyway so brendan who do you have at number three uh i've got the same i've got jack or zach Ertz. the only thing i can really add to that is if you look at, at how the eagles performed last year it's basically just a tight end team i mean the receivers got half of what the the tight ends got so i mean when you look at it, he's basically number one receiver on that team, no matter what. Definitely. You know, and I, I'll go ahead and just say, I, for my number three, I also have Zach Ertz. I mean... God, this is riveting. Yeah, like, this is such a such a hard list we just had, we made. But no, seriously, like, you know, but you mentioned it, DJ, like, Zach Ertz is one issue that really is a big issue that keeps me from putting him ever higher than this, because I think I've had him three for multiple years now. Um is purely his blocking. Um, you mentioned Dallas Goddard making a lot of appearances. Anytime they ran the ball, Dallas Goddard's out there. If it's if Zacherts is out there and they're running the ball, he's out wide. 
he's not even close to the line of scrimmage, not close to blocking anybody. He is good when he can get to that second level if he can just like help double team then then get down. But if you need him to end block, end, end line block the D end or get to the straight to the linebacker, he struggles a little bit. If he can maybe like double team then climb, then I think that's where you can see some pretty yeah. good blocking. But he's not that true inline wham pull blocker. Exactly. Yeah, he's a chip and go type of guy. Not a not a hey, I can take on Khalil Mack by myself. Which by the way, not very many tight ends could ever do. Um, I don't think any tight ends in this list can have done it. Maybe one. Maybe by accident. Yeah, like maybe a whoopsies, but that might be it. Um, so maybe maybe we have a little difference coming forward in the top two. I think we both we all have the same top two as are, but the question is, who do you have at number two? I'll tell you who I don't have is Eric Ebron because I know last year he made an appearance on both of our lists and he was pretty high on yours. Though, I'm not mistaken. Uh, he was he was number four. We'll we'll leave that alone. That's okay. We uh, like I said last year, if he has Andrew Luck, he's a top three or four tight end. Without Andrew Luck, he should not be anywhere near this list. In my defense, it was just it was just before before Andrew decided he was not going to play anymore, and so oh yeah, I was just reiterating. So that was my exact <laughs> ruling, and it actually came to life, and I was. Pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Anyway, so at number two, I have your namesake, Travis Kelsey, the best receiving tight end in football as far as route running, hands, under, excuse me, understanding zones, and just separating from the defense. Doesn't get a whole lot better than that. Honestly, you were splitting hairs with the top two. I'll talk about why I put the other guy at number one when we get to him. Just Travis Kelsey, best receiving tight end in football right now. He is 30, 31, so he's starting to climb a little bit, but. He's probably not going to get another big contract, but he's at the twilight of his prime, basically. So you can't. Yeah, no. they're in position to win Super Bowls for the next, for as long as him and Patty Mahomes and Tyreek Hill are clicking, basically. Absolutely. Sorry, right, so Brendan, who do you have at number two? Uh, mine's a little bit different, but probably still top two, like you guys had. I've got George Kittle. Big I shock. Think. I'm shook. Oh no. <laughs> I mean, the, the only thing that I have. Uh, for for him versus uh, 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 what you have with Kelsey is Kittle is in a much different system. I don't think he's got the opportunities that uh, Kelsey does. If he if he was in that pass first offense like Casey runs, I'd have Kittle at number one. Or, but the problem is 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 I mean look at last year they had how many yards in in rushing for the playoffs versus yeah. Every other team, I mean, it, it, there was hardly any passing. It looked like that's, the Madden so Twenty Bowl, basically. Yeah, so like, I mean, I don't, I don't have a problem with with his skill set. I think, he, I think he's probably one of the best tight ends in the in the league, and he's only going to get better. He's only been in the league for what two years now. Yeah, yeah, two, this is his three, second year. Yeah. This is going into his third year now. Yeah, so I mean, he's going to get better. The problem is, is if the system doesn't benefit him, then it kind of negates what his skill set can allow. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, yeah, I definitely get what you're saying. You know, he is one of those guys. I'll go ahead and say Kittle is my number two as well. Um, but that's only because he's been in the league for two, three years now, four, going into four, possibly four, maybe three. He's 26, that's all. Yeah, sure, yeah. yeah so, you know, it, but he's one of those guys. See, for me, the counter thing, Why I think he's in the perfect system for his skill set because he loves to block. He's an absolute monster with blocking somebody. But... I think that's going to tear down his career in a lot in a much quicker rate. Um, you know, you see it a lot with those type of finesse type tight ends. Like he can be when he's running routes that when they're asked to block every two two out of your three plays, you know, yeah, it's not going to look good. But he's also in the passing scheme wise in a prime position for a tight end where 
Jimmy Garoppolo looks tight end first. Except and then, in the Super Bowl. Yeah, and then Debo Samuel second. Except in the Super Bowl where it was Debo Samuel first, and then everybody else, and then the tight end, which I still don't get why, but whatever, Jimmy. This is why you lost. But Porn star Jimmy busted too quick. Yeah, exactly. But I'll give Kittle this. He was the number one overall player in Pro Football Focus last year. Like, absolutely ranked the highest out of anybody. He had a hell of a year, and he did that, by the way, week 7, 16, with a torn-up knee for the playoffs. So, well, he could have been better, but let's be honest, in his third year, it's not bad at all. And honestly, I think you have a number two because you took him in fantasy and he didn't quite give you what you were hoping for. Look, man, <laughs> that one that, that I needed him when he messed up his knee to get ten more yards. Yeah. Ten more yards and I win. And then you put him on the bench for his few breakout games. Too. <sighs> yeah, I couldn't keep him in the roster because he was always always injured. <laughs> it's always injured because he, he blocks too much. He blocks too much. San Francisco, stop blocking George Kittle. Let him do his thing. Anyways, number one, I assume... George Kittle. Pretty George simple. Kittle. <laughs> We've been talking about him for a while now, so let's just keep best blocking tight end in football, possibly. The best tight end with the ball in his hands. He is he is a running back in a lineman's body. He is terrifying. Absolutely. He, case in point, the Saints game. They need a he's the guy, quote unquote in basketball terms, you need a bucket, give him the ball. They got him the ball and he took four people with him while they were ripping his ripping at him and he laughed at their face. He does not go down, he's a monster. He's a guy you could throw a tight end screen to, and everyone's like, nope, nah, it's over. You got this. <laughs> like, I'm not, no, I don't want that smoke. He's a, he probably runs like a 4-6, but he plays at a 4-4. He's huge. He's strong. Best blocker, like we mentioned. Travis Kelsey's a little bit better as a receiver, I think, just getting open, running routes. Kittle's better as a, more of a freakish freight train. But we're splitting hairs with him. I just prefer Kittle with age, the blocking he provides, and I think he could do just about everything Travis can do. More or less. Yeah. At least in a comparable sense. Plus, he looks like a really, really scary man, and I wouldn't want to meet him in a dark alley. I'd want to meet him in a dark alley as long as he wasn't trying to kill me. Yeah. But, no, I honestly, like you mentioned that Saints game. Like, I have not seen a a single play where somebody took a team's soul as much as the Minneapolis miracle when Stefan Diggs did it to the Saints. Oh, and by the way, Marshawn Lynch doing it to the Saints with the whole my dick play, which – are the two, three most ridiculous plays, and they've somehow all come against the Saints. Yeah, so. <laughs> but that's because the Saints think the refs hate them, which they do. Well, yeah, but it's you know it's just it's crazy to see that you know Kittle is is just that monstrous of a player that he can take four guys with him, and we joke about it, but it really is terrifying. And realistically, he probably could have taken more. They just weren't any that were willing to get that close to him. <laughs> yeah. All right, Brendan. So you have Travis Kelsey number one, I presume. Yes, I do. I mean, the only the only real thing I could add to, to what you've said, I mean, obviously, I, I feel he's the best receiving tight end in the league. The other thing that I add is he's on a team with Patrick Mahomes, and he's got probably the best separation receivers in the league outside of him. And I don't mean, like, best route runners or anything like that. I mean, just pure speed ability to separate you think that they would have more opportunity to get open because of their speed, but, I mean, it, it goes to show. I mean, he led the team not only in yards but receptions. So I I have a hard time rooting against him. And with Patrick Mahomes getting a deal like he did today, I I can't see him, him going down until age starts to catch up with him, which I think is going to be at least another two years. Yeah, I you know obviously uh, my number one is is obviously not Travis Kelsey. It's going to be David and Joke. I'm just kidding. No, it's Travis Kelsey. Um, I, I definitely 100 percent agree about Patty. 
that's really why he's my number one is you have the number one quarterback in the league who, by the way, loves to throw to you in no-look positions even though he misses Travis Kelsey when I need him to score a touchdown in fantasy football. Not the point, but Patty is still the best-throwing quarterback, and he throws guys open. And they don't really run routes sometimes with Kelsey. It's a, it's a lot of, hey, you go to the sticks, and you get open. You go be big in the middle while we have everyone else run their 4-1 speed-ass selves up the sideline. Yeah, And, and then, if oh, they put four safeties over the top, you just turn around and catch the ball against somebody who's not big enough. Yeah, and then, oh, by the way, Patty's starting to run. Just run to the sideline and then run up, and he'll find you. Just and move around. <laughs> it's the dirtiest combination. Um, you, 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 DJ, you talked about Brady and Gronk. I feel like it's that way at Patty and, and Kelsey, at the, at, you know, there. Because you, you see it a lot where he's just like, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. Oh, by the way, there's Travis Kelsey. Like, when, when, when things got tough in the playoffs for him, his first touchdown was usually to Travis Kelsey, or at least really close to being a touchdown in, you know, one game. Heck, against Houston when they had that comeback from hell, it was the Travis Kelsey show. Yeah, it's it, you know, it's, it's something to be said. That team, I won't say they live and die by Travis Kelsey's performance, but when he has good games, the Chiefs are r- near unstoppable. When he's being covered by somebody that can actually cover him, well, he's there, Shannon Sharp, where he might not be the best player on offense, but God, does he rally things going? When you get him going, good luck, everybody else. Like yeah. what Shannon Sharp was for those Broncos teams. He's got a little bit of swagger too. He's got that interesting style of leading, if you want to call it. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> that outspoken style of leadership. He's you got to call the National Guard because we are killing the Patriots. I could just see Travis Kelsey saying that if they were ever killing the Patriots, honestly. You know, I think it's the name Kelsey. It just it just brings it out in you on the field. I guess I don't know. Yeah, I was a super quiet type. So I don't know what I'm talking about, but you know, honestly, it's, he's fun to watch. And you know, Brendan, you mentioned his age. He's 31. Yeah, he might lose a step soon, but I feel like it's a lot of Jason Witten coming forward with him, where he doesn't really run routes. He runs to the sticks and gets open. And Jason Witten is the perfectionist at tight end of running to the sticks, bl- defending his little space and catching the ball. He doesn't really run anymore. But no, like, he walks very slowly, and and yeah. So, but I, I mean, Travis Kelsey, if he could perfect that, I mean, he can play until he's thirty-eight, easy, easy. So, well, that was fun. Now that we got through tight ends, I think this is where it got a little difficult for all of us. Absolutely. So, top five receivers. I know for me personally, I'm looking at my list. I literally wrote down all the names of receivers that I would consider putting in a top five list, and you needed two pieces of paper. I have about twelve to fourteen names. <laughs> That I could have put in this top five list. Uh, I somehow narrowed it down to five, and I don't know how. But, DJ, how tough was it for you and who you got at number so five? So what I did is I wrote, I found around 15 receivers I think I can make a case of this. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to close my eyes and point at one, and that's how this list is going to go. <laughs> <laughs> so who I have at number five is this is – we talked about this with the pass rushers. Sometimes the name – the stats and the film don't always line up. This guy's the ultimate case of that. I saw Odell at number five. Last year was miserable for Odell, and he had 1,000 yards, 70 catches, and four touchdowns, including his <laughs> career long of 89 yards that he dis- absolutely dismantled the Jets' heart with. Yeah. You get the ball in his hands. He's an absolute mongrel. Good luck tackling him. He could be a running back in all pro. You can take wildcat snaps from him, and he's a threat to score anywhere on the field. He's a threat to throw for a touchdown. He he's a threat for a kick returner. He came out of the when he got drafted. They're like, oh, this guy will get definitely give you some kick return value and maybe some as a receiver before he became Odell. Yeah, some of the best hands in the league still. And he played with that with that tummy injury. I think it was like a torn muscle in his yeah straight abdomen and yeah like it's, uh, the muscle protruding from the yeah yeah. And he still was a thousand yard receiver. And 
Uh, he wasn't the same, obviously, and the Browns were an absolute travesty. It wasn't just his fault. They're talking about saying the Browns should trade him. I think you keep him this one more year. You you guys see what he can do. He's You look at his first three years in the league, my God, has there been a better three-year start to the league for a receiver ever? Yeah. It's questionable. I mean, injuries have slowed him down, that kind of issue with Odell being Odell, I guess is the best way to say it. But <laughs> talking strictly on the field, I still have him as a top-five receiver. Granted, this was kind of – this is the name value and the film definitely overtaking the stats because there are other guys whose stats say get him on there, get him on there, get him on there. But I still think Odell has a top three skill set, arguably. So oh, absolutely. I compromise and put him in number five. Look, I like that pick at Odell. I, I mean, I got to say, like, he's one of the guys I left off my list because of his stats. But you literally look at his stats and you're like, okay, your first three years, holy shit. And then last year, oh, wait, you are a human. But people don't look at it with the Odell being o- Odell. You know, it's like the Manny versus Manny being Manny type thing with Manny Ramirez yeah. back in the day. Sometimes that just over, over, overwhelms his actual performance on the field. Like, he had a decent year last year. I mean, a number two receiver is kind of what that the numbers look like. A really good number two yeah. receiver with a torn tummy. Yeah, exactly. With a really fucked up tummy. And I think he even had a hand injury at some point in time last year. With a bad offensive line and a quarterback who struggled. Yeah, and, it, a, exactly. and you don't even have an NFL coach. You don't even have a coach. You have a high school gym teacher. Yeah, whatever Freddie Kitchens is going to be, that's, uh, it really is true. I mean, honestly, I like the pick. I, I, I can't blame you for it. I just For it, me, he was just... If he's on the trade block, Indy, throw him a bone. You know, for somebody who loves trash talkers so much as I do, you'd think I'd love Odell. And I do love Odell. But he also was a giant for so long that I just ah, – there's he, that little bit of hatred towards he him. He just – he can't – he needs to quit trash talking the, the kicking net. But. Exactly, yeah. He needs to love that kicking net. <laughs> anyway, moving on. So, Brendan, who do you have at number five? Uh, this one shows a little bit of bias, but I do have some decent facts for it. I've got Allen Robinson. That's fair. He's a guy that you could you could make a case for on this list too, especially when you don't have a quarterback. He's in the number of people I have somewhere. I'll, he's I'll, on the of scroll. All the guys, of all the guys who made my list, he's had the worst quarterback play of all of them, and he still had 1,100 yards receiving last year. Like he's one of those guys where his, he doesn't have the name. Like Odell, he doesn't have a name like like a Julio Jones or anything. He doesn't have a name like any of these guys, but he's still able to put up at least a number two receiver's numbers with a quarterback who's basically a third stringer in terms of talent. So it's hard for me not to go for him. I mean, and if I remember correctly, uh, Pro Football Focus had him number two for uh, touchdown contested catches. Yeah. So, I mean, he's able to go up, get the ball. He's able to be the red zone threat. He's able to be the number one target. Yet, he was second in the league for targets last year. Mind you, he's getting thrown to by Mitchell Jarbisky. So, you know, at least freaking 30 of those are going 20 yards away. I mean, he did have Chase Daniel throw a few 15 yards away from him. I mean, to yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I don't know. My. My, my argument for him is is despite what he's given, he's still making the best of it. He's still a super talented, underrated receiver. If you were to give him a Patrick Mahomes or a Drew Brees or even a Matt Ryan, Jacob he would be, he'd, he'd be having some huge, huge seasons, a lot better numbers than what you see right now. Most definitely. It's hard to argue with him. We even saw what he did with Blake Bortles. Him, the two Allens for that one year where Blake Bortles threw for like 44,000-something yards to him. Yeah. He's got game for sure if he when he can stay healthy and when his quarterback can throw it in the field of play. 
Yeah, no, you, you know, you mentioned his hit, how tough he is when he's in the red zone and how strong his hands are. Uh, that was a lot of the reason I, I wanted to put him up there. But, I, you know, he, he's number two on that list for, for, for pro, pro football focus. I put the number one guy who also led the league in receiving touchdowns at number five. Uh, Kenny Galladay, also from the AFC North. Another guy who really doesn't have the name, but, you know, he has Matt Stafford. So you have a bit of a gift of a receiver. It's a much, much vast, vaster improvement over Mitch Trubisky. When Stafford um, plays, I mean, but yeah. did, for those three and a half games, he's healthy. Pretty yeah, good. I mean, he did have he did have what uh, Blau or Bluff or David Blow or whatever. Blah. The, yeah, whatever the hell and his name is, throwing him the ball. A great opening game. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. His first pass was to Kenny Galladay for an eighty or seventy-five yard touchdown or some stupid that, thing like that. That killed me. That killed me. Exactly, but you know, so it's Blau, it's David Blau. That's how you say it. Blau. So, but yeah, no, Kenny Galladay. That is my number five guy. Uh, I've liked Kenny Galladay for a while. I wish, I wish that he could find his way to Dallas just to have that big, tall receiver to throw it up to because he has hands of steel and they don't let go of a ball. Yeah, Dallas has enough receivers. You don't need him to. Look, I just need a quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> now you're getting somewhere. But still, no. I mean, you know, you, you just talk about a strong young. I mean, he's still 26, 27, so he still has years in his prime. Uh, now, he's not by no means he's going to be the next Calvin Johnson, but... He could be the next A.J. Green type. Absolutely. I mean, just a, a, a good receiver. He's going to be above average. Um, you know, he is still partnered with Marvin Jones over there. If uh, Maybe if he stays healthy, but, you know, you just kind of hope this might be the year for the Lions. They are starting to put it together, and if Stafford can stay healthy, I think Galladay continues this upward trend. And, you know, maybe next year, maybe he's a little higher. Who knows? Can't argue with good old Galladay. I mean, yeah, I got no, he's awesome. There's nothing to say. I mean, yeah. He has the same thing that these we just talked about, these guys, where he has no quarterback or a rough quarterback, and he's still beasts. Or a dying quarterback. <laughs> or the ghost of a quarterback. All right, well, for me, at number four, I'm going to stick with the NFC North, but I'm going to take the best receiver in the NFC North, arguably, in Devontae Adams. The route running doesn't get much better than that. The ability to separate the hands, fantastic hands. And while he has a quarterback, he has absolutely no semblance whatsoever of help. He has Alan Lazard out there helping him. Marquez Valdez Stanley. You know he's getting the ball. And he still roasts people. We saw what he did to Richard Sherman in the NFC Championship game, a game in which the the Packers got thoroughly got the ass whooped. But Devontae Adams still separated himself. He's basically good for a buck 15 and a touchdown. Anytime he's healthy and is not getting triple teamed every play. he's could be a little better after he gets the ball in his hands as far as after the catch, which I don't blame him for not being as good at after Danny Trevathan tried to murder him with the helmet-to-helmet hit a few years ago. But yeah. at the same time, Devonta Adams still has an outstanding ability to separate, catch the ball, move the sticks. And he's not really that fast, but, God, he seems to get away from people real easily. For a guy who's not that fast, I've seen him run away from more DBs than I think I've ever seen anybody, any other receiver who's not that fast, except it's, for maybe Larry Fitzgerald. Or maybe Jerry Rice. I yeah, mean, it's, he's so quick off the line. And he's another guy that's just, he's just off my list, and it has nothing to do with him. Purely has to do with his quarterback and, you know, his R-E-L-A-X. Well, he might not have an arm to throw the ball with hmm. going forward, so we'll see. But, I, you know, I, I love Devontae Adams. His hands are magnetic and... Honestly, he might be the second best receiver as far as getting off of press in the NFL, besides maybe Keenan Allen, 
because yeah. Keenan Allen is Allen Iverson at getting off the press and crosses people over, but Devontae Adams is number two on that list, arguably. Unless you count guys who physically shove the guys off of them. That's different, yeah. but, like... No, it's... It, he... You know, there's there's very few guys in the in the league that that can do what he does off the line, and you know you mentioned Keenan Allen, one DeAndre Hopkins being another one. We talked about a game with DeAndre where he just split a double team and nobody touched him. I've seen Devonte do it too, and it's just like how how do you how do you split a double team when they're both on the line ready to smack the crap out of you? How do you split them and never get touched by them? Like I don't get it, but he's he's a hell of a pick at four, um, and honestly, if he ever had some help. And if he ever got, maybe Jordan loves the answer for him going forward. Not a chance. But you never know. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't have much faith in Aaron Rodgers. So. Anyway, so Brendan, who do you have at number four? Uh, before I do, the only reason Devontae Adams did not make my list is he's got two strikes against him, against him that are not his fault. One is Madden, and two he's on Green Bay. <laughs> that's a, that's a pretty, two pretty good reasons actually. <laughs> <laughs> the Madden, the Madden hate. I love it. Oh, my God. So, I don't know if DJ has talked to you about this, but a few years back, Devontae Adams was a guy who you could trade to any team and get whoever you wanted with. He was one of those guys that had an A-plus trade potential. You could trade him and get 90 overalls because he was a rookie with high potential. Yep. The only reason I knew his name, 100%, until he broke out. So, that's one of them. The other reason, obviously Green Bay. Now back to, to my number To be fair, four, Madden I'm was not... correct on that potential thing. They did live up to that by the looks of it. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But it's still on Green Bay, so it makes it worse. Anyway. Uh, my number four, I've got DeAndre Hopkins. Well, that's a little, that's a little uh, different there. Okay, Brian. I know. I know. A Hello, little, Bill. A little low yeah. for, what he, for who he is, name value, whatnot. I think the only issue I've got with, with where he's at now is... I'm still unsure on how Kyler Murray plays. He's only got one year under his belt, and it's one of those where he could have a great first year, horrible second year, you know, sophomore slump. And if he has a slump, then DeAndre Hopkins can't really get too much. I mean, that team's still got a really good offense, still got a decent defense, still got some ghosts, but still got a really good pass rush. Chandler Jones there. But, uh... The only, the only thing with DeAndre Hopkins that, that I have against is, is honestly mostly the quarterback. Everything else about him, I love. You guys are, already talked about him being able to split double teams. Uh, look at how many quarterbacks he's been with as well. I mean, he's had Brian Hoyer. He's had was Brock Osweiler. He's had Tom uh, Savage. Oh, yeah, yeah, Tom Savage. <laughs> I forgot about Tom Savage. There's a I reason forgot. he forgot about <laughs> Tom Savage. <laughs> but but my point my point goes, you know, to further that is is – you know, he hasn't had great quarterback play either, and he's still made the best of it. Honestly, he's he's leaps and bounds better than Allen Robinson, in my opinion. But he's also been on teams where yeah. quarterbacks play has kind of limited him, just like just like Allen Robinson. So if Kyler comes out and he's the guy that everyone expects him to be, he's going to climb my list. But. I'm hesitant with the whole offense, the the new change of of speed, and the fact that no one was really able to get into the facilities this offseason because of what's been going on in the world. It's hard for me to really root for him going into this year as more than number four. So that's where I've got him. That's a fair assessment. I will give you the – especially the change of scenery. um, That definitely will affect him because he can't technically have the playbook. 
until they're allowed to report, which is, well, we, we'll see with COVID when they're allowed to report. But he has been working out with Kyler, so, you know, he's untechnically getting the playbook while technically not allowed to see the playbook. So, Well, at the same time, being in Arizona, that is riddled with COVID explosions right ex- now. Exactly. But it, it's fine. Everything's fine. Yeah, no big deal. You know, just... I feel like you're a little you're a little uh, little biased though. You got a little Bill O'Brien in you there, Brennan, with uh, with that that trade for David Johnson, and it's kind of affecting your ranking on him, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Butt chin's starting to show a little bit. <laughs> what is it with you, the Cardinals, man? They just thirteen and three last year. Now you got DeAndre ranked four. I don't. Uh. Chandler Jones, like God, are you, you gonna put Kyler Murray at number one? I mean, dude, what, what are you trying to say? <laughs> But no, I, I, you know, he's in the top five, so at least he's there. Um, I'll give you that. And you know, the big question mark is Kyler. I'll agree with that. I, you know, what Kyler are we going to see with DeAndre? Do we got second year Baker or do we got second year Lamar coming? Like exactly. But my number four, um, yeah, I definitely went the opposite way. I went Mike Evans. Uh, big boy. Yeah, you know the the one of two receivers in the history to have their first six years with a thousand receiving yards. Oh, by the way, the other guy being named Randy Moss. Um, Two completely different ways of doing it, too. One guy much, much faster. One guy will kill you to get the ball. Yeah, you know, Mike Evans, literally, the ball's in the air, and I I don't think there's a more vicious attacker of the ball in the air. Uh, I mean, really, he just, the ball's in the air. He's going to get it. I, he's coming down with it, and you just have to get, just accept the fact that this man is six foot whatever he is. Six foot six, I think. 200. He's the size of some tight ends. He's I, bigger I think, than some tight ends. I think he's bigger than Darren Waller, technically. Uh, not quite. Darren Waller's like six seven. Uh, he, it's close. It's, it's like... He's as big as Zach Ertz, not a little bigger. I yeah, I mean, it's, it's just crazy what he can do with the ball in the air. And now, oh, by the way, he has one of the best quarterbacks ever play the game, throwing him the ball. Um, I think the only reason I have him at four and not higher, well, because the guys I have it, you know, one through three are, well... Those guys. Uh, But also, he has Chris Godwin on the other side. Um, Another guy who just missed my list because, oh, by the way, he had a nuclear season last year and just absolutely went crazy. Uh, But, you know, I don't know. It's Mike Evans is just – he's a dirty, dirty man. He always has been since he came in the league. He had Jameis thrown on the ball, and now he has Tom Brady. Like, oh, hello, improvements. I'll take Possibly. It. I mean, yeah. with, with Jameis Winston, he sucks as far as winning games and throwing interceptions, but you know he'll give you opportunities as a receiver, especially down the field. That is true, and I feel like that's part of why Mike Evans is such a great attacker of the ball in the air is he he's, had to be. He's like, just so used to, God damn it, here we go again. <laughs> oh, you mean I have to rip the ball away to get this reception? Okay, hang on. He's a guy that just missed my list, too. I... It, there's only so many spots you can give, and I there, I got nothing negative to even say. Be like, oh, he didn't make it because of this. He didn't make it because of that. Oh, he doesn't run a 4-3. That's why he didn't make it. Fine. That's all I could think of, even though none of these guys run a 4-3. Yeah, I mean, yeah, all my fast guys are off the <laughs> Basically, yeah, like, weirdly enough, my fastest one is probably my number three guy, Julio Jones. Probably the one guy in here that runs a 4-3. Unless, yeah. Unless Odell ran a low, a high 4-3. I can't remember. I thought he was a 4-4 guy, but. I don't know. Julio ran a 4-2. I don't care what anybody said back in the day. He runs a 4-3 just because he's gotten older. Yeah, 22. <laughs> anyway, basically Julio's been the the ultimate prototype since Calvin Johnson left of height, weight, speed, route running, especially for a big guy. Usually big guys don't run the best routes because it's physically impossible to run a perfect pigtail-type route. Post corners, though, stop and goes. You throw bubble screens to him, and we saw it in that game against the Eagles. Like, oh, yeah, he's terrifying with the ball in his hands, too. Not quite like an Odell, but in a different way, he's terrifying. He's... Like I said, the fastest guy arguably on my list, at, the, at least in the top five, 6'3", 220, 
similar size to Mike Evans. He's the predator. That's one way to call it, yeah. And he's literally the predator. He's the ultimate receiver that you would build in a laboratory. Him and Calvin Johnson and Randy Moss, like the three all-time receivers that you could build in a lab. Kind of like we talked about Daniil Hunter, LeBron James, guys like that that defy physical logic, basically. Like It's like you you are a cartoon character someone made up. This isn't fair. Yeah. That's how I think of him. And the, the only thing is he needs to get in the end zone more, but I think that's partially scheming as well, too. Like, he could do a better job running fade routes in the red zone because I don't really see that from him. They just don't know if they don't run them or if for some reason that's his Achilles heel. He'll destroy everything else in the world, but he can't run. I don't know. But maybe this is the year we see some fade routes from Julio. Maybe he hits that double-digit touchdowns. But, I mean. Hey, they ran it for him five times last year, and I think he scored a touchdown on three of the five. So, and, you know, the, the, the other two were overthrows. So there you go. Exactly. He's. He's the ultimate guy. Normally he's at number one, but with some other guys, I think just outperformed him more or less. That also had the same name value and everything, too, that overtook him. But sign him up for my team anytime. I don't care how old he is or how much money he keeps getting because it seems like he gets a new deal every two years, too. Absolutely. Not that he doesn't deserve it, but get that money while you can. All right, Brendan, who do you have at number three? Uh, He's already been mentioned so far. Uh, I've got Mike Evans. Pretty much everything that you said, Kelsey's is – same as what I what I've got for him on notes. The only difference, or the only thing I could really add um, onto that topic of his size, is he, if he were to gain forty pounds, he'd be the same size as Travis Kelsey. They're the same height, and they're not quite the same build. But I mean, in terms of, of just sheer power, uh, he's 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 definitely a freak. The other thing that really stuck out in my mind for him was if you look at the stats for him and Godwin, just just those two, no other receivers. Um, Godwin, over a third of his receiving yards came from yards after catch. Mike Evans, he doesn't run after the catch, so all of his are from pure power catching or from breaking away when he can on a good route. So, I mean, he only had like 250 yards after catch. So, I mean, he's going to come down with it. He's going to make everyone look like a fool who's trying to contest him. <laughs> but, yeah, he's he's definitely – for me, I think he's number three. And even if we get a ghost of Tom Brady, it, if, if it still ends up being a year like the Broncos had with Peyton Manning, his, his record year, his arm went out, but his mind was still there. If he even gets that, I think he's in for a really good year. Plus, there's two other weapons to keep him more open with Gronk and, and Godwin. So – I don't know. I like I like uh, Mike Evans at number three. Uh, yeah, I mean, I love Mike Evans. I it's, it's hard to take anything away from. Him. I grew up in you know watching him play at Notre Dame, and it, or not. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, he was at Texas A and M. My bad. I think you're thinking of Jeff Samarja there. Right? I am thinking of yeah. I am thinking of Jeff Samarja. Uh, but no, no I'm sorry. That's Texas A and M with Johnny Johnny football throwing him the ball. And that's got, what made him so good. Yeah, <laughs> and then that. oh god, who else did he have? Like he literally had some other rando throwing him the ball. I think. I can't even think of who it was. But then, oh, yeah, he goes against Jameis, and he's always just been that guy that goes up and gets the ball, but he will not beat you after the catch. You if know, he and, does, it's because he has separation. It's just him being huge. After. It's like, yeah. okay, I'm already here. I'll just walk into the end zone. But yeah, you mentioned even if he has the top, the, the ghost of Tom Brady, even the ghost of Tom Brady can throw it up 20 yards to go let Mike Evans go get it, you know. He'll have it's, to throw it as soon as he catches the snap to get it 20 yards. But. <laughs> yeah, true. But, no, it's, it's going to be – I don't know. I think it's only going to be positive for Mike Evans unless Tom Brady is just not there physically. Or mentally. Yeah, but for what, what all we've seen, it's, it's going to be a great year for him. Um, my number three, though, I uh, – matching up with DJ again. Uh, the man from Foley, Alabama, Julio Jones, a freak of an athlete. Um, 
everything you said, DJ, is exactly right. Uh, I just, you know, you see the play last year before Sanu got traded of Sanu blocking for him on the on a screen, and then as soon as he's five yards away from the line of scrimmage, Sanu's already like, oh, that's a touchdown. It's over because <laughs> you just know like he's gonna score once he once he's at the second level. Good luck stopping that man because he is a freight train coming through. Um, but yeah, I, I, I need to see more from him and Matt Ryan in the red zone. Like that's really what it is inside the twenty. I need more, especially inside the 10 and inside the five. You I mean, you mentioned the fades like the man can jump out of a fucking stadium. You have an opening in your roof because the man can jump out of it. Like, let him do his thing. What's weird is in the playoffs, they have unique ways to get him the ball, too. Like that game where they beat the Rams, that it was the year after their Super Bowl loss. But they, in the wild card round, they scheme up some good plays. He scores during the Super Bowl running they, in the playoffs. They he gets in the end zone pretty at a decent clip. But the regular season. Six touchdowns, five touchdowns, four yeah. touchdowns, eight touchdowns, not bad, but we expect kind of 10, 11. Like, yeah. You're just that good, unfortunately. I'm sorry, you're that good, we expect double-digit touchdowns. Exactly. And, and it's kind of embarrassing when a guy named Calvin Ridley, who is literally knee-high to Julio Jones, as far as height goes, is catching more touchdown passes than you. By the way, another guy who just missed my list on the outside. I mean, he was a little bit further outside, but he's another guy could have been there i mean so he you know he does have competition in that receiving core but we all know it's julio's game when he steps on the field and he's probably been dubbed the the best receiver in the game by in my opinion the best receiver i've ever seen play by fitzgerald you watch the behind the scenes with him and he's like that's that dude like game recognizes game (laughs) you know if larry look if larry fitzgerald says it about a receiver i'm i'm more likely to listen to that one can't argue with Larry Legend. No, but I don't have him at number one, but I have him, you know, top three. That's fair. <laughs> so for me at number two, I have a guy who really thinks highly of himself and talks a lot of trash on Twitter these days, Mike Thomas. <sighs> Shut up, Mike. <laughs> you, may, you may not be able to guard Mike, but you sure can outwit him sometimes. And then he has a really weird voice, so when you see him talking trash, you imagine his voice, and it's like, ah, oh, that's not intimidating. But on the field, he is pretty intimidating for defensive backs, especially those named Marcus Peters. His route running, second to none. His hands, second to none. Out of the slot, best slot receiver in the game. And he's not even a short slot receiver who's quick and fast. He's a a 6'1 200-plus pound guy who runs a 4'5". He's so unique in how he runs these routes and gets open in the slot. And you kind of know with the Saints, it's more or less him or nothing when they're passing. And it's him, maybe a little Alvin Kamara. The other guys really aren't getting the ball that much. He broke the receptions record last year. For with, a reason. <laughs> with Drew Brees and Teddy Bridgewater. Granted, I know it wasn't just Hall of Famer Drew Brees and Teddy Bridgewater's no slouch, but he still did with two different quarterbacks. I mean, yeah. two different rhythms, two different offenses, just two different complete skill sets. He has a pretty he does a pretty good job getting the end zone. He just got paid before last year, and he earned it too. Like he's showed. He was in the running for MVP, arguably, until Lamar kind of broke away at the end, but Arguably, he was in the running for MVP for a short time there. Not a lot of receivers have ever done that, really. I mean, it's very rarely you see receivers in the MVP race. Randy Moss might have been the last one. I mean, there was a time when I think Steve Smith was kind of in it for a little bit. Like, yeah. it's it's few and far between because normally if the receiver is that dominant, the quarterback is too. But so I got Mike Thomas at number two with Naps or one B and one C or however you want to break <laughs> this damn list down. But Brendan, who do you have at number two? Uh, you guys have already touched on him. I, I've got Julio Jones at number two. Everything that you guys have said, uh, I really can't add anything to it. The only thing I can really argue for with uh, Ridley's stats is he's more open because of Julio. 
Yeah. I mean, that, that'd be the only really th- the only thing I could really add to that. Yeah, no, that's true. I mean, you, you got to imagine you got the you got the predator out there. You're gonna have to put two men on him, three men on him because six men on him. You know, it's really yeah. You, the whole half of the field has one eye on Julio. Really, like defensive lineman to to safety. You got to think if he's on your side of the field, you're like, oh god, I don't want that guy to beat me. So yeah, I definitely think you know you're spot on with that. Calvin Ridley does get a little benefit, a lot of benefit, and even Austin Hooper. You know, you one of your tight ends, Brennan. I feel yeah. like benefited a lot from Julio being on the field too. So. Definitely, definitely can't disagree with you. I like this, you know, the number two spot, you know, with you having Evans at three and DeAndre at four, it definitely, definitely makes sense. You got the predator at number two. I uh, can't fault you for it because at this point, we're <laughs> TJ hit the nose on the, like, hit it on the head where it's kind of one A through D and then number five. <laughs> like, that's kind of how I feel our lists are going. Um, but my number two, uh, DeAndre. Is my number two. I don't honestly have. He's one B. I really, when it comes out, like I could put him at one A, but really, like the reason I have him at number two, we talked about it when when you when you put him on your list, Brendan. Kyler Murray is the reason I have him at number two. Now, do I think he's still going to have an outstanding year? Absolutely. Do I think he's going to do great even with even if Kyler struggles? Absolutely. But I don't think he's going to do as good if Kyler struggles as he could. Um, as he would have under Deshaun. I mean, Deshaun Deshaun revolutionized DeAndre Hopkins. And I'm not saying that DeAndre wasn't already good, but he went from great to, oh, shit, he's that dude with Deshaun Watson throwing him the ball. He went to always, basically always having a chance, not just, okay, any quarterback can hit me on this opener, just throw, up, throw it up by accident and I'll go get it. Now it's like, all right, we can always make a play. Yeah, and, you know, let's not forget, the guy didn't drop a ball two seasons ago. And then he drops, I think he had... 10 drops in the first five games and then one after that. It, it, so, you know, the guy's hands are freaking glue. It's just – it's insane. I don't I don't get it. He makes stupid catches. He, I still remember he made some pirouetting, spinning, one-handed catch, and it was out of bounds. And that was the only thing that stopped it from being the, probably the highlight of the season. And that, the dude's just dirty. He can do anything. We talked about how he can get off the line. So that's – it's crazy, yeah. So he's one B for me, technically number two. Um, but DJ, who's your who's your number one overall? Your one B, his one four, my one A. <laughs> Six foot two, two hundred fifteen pounds, a perfect build for a receiver. Probably ran like a four or five, but plays at a four four. The best hands on this list, in my humble opinion. I think he has better hands than Mike Thomas, regardless of the oh he didn't drop this many this many targets. Blah blah blah. When I watch it, I'm like oh my god, if his baseball mitts touch the ball, it sticks. Yeah. He's really underrated after the catch. Like, we've seen him, especially in these overtime games, against the Colts in some games where he catches a slant and runs an extra 15 yards. Against, against the your, Cowboys. Where he does a <laughs> spin move six times in a row, and it keeps working for some reason. Yeah. He's, his, excuse me, he's a guy that can basically run deep option routes, kind of like Tyler Lockett does in Seattle, where instead of running like a five-yard option where you can go in, left, right, forward, he can run them at five yards, 10 yards, 30 yards. And be smooth with it. His route running is very clean. There's not really a weakness in his game, honestly. I mean, in the red zone, they throw fades to him. I remember that ridiculous one he had against the Steelers. Like, oh, God, I tapped three times and I toe-tapped. Yeah. It doesn't even make sense. There's really no weakness in his game. Even if Kyler Murray struggles, I feel like DeAndre's still going to put up his numbers. He's still going to give you probably six, 70, 80, 90 catches, depending on how bad Kyler – if Kyler struggles. If you get MVP, Kyler, that a lot of people are predicting, like a second-year breakout guy, DeAndre's going to be a part of that. I mean, 
not this last year, but the year before, Deshaun Watson threw 22 touchdowns. DeAndre caught 11. He's that kind of dude. He can, <laughs> yeah. he can literally account for half your touchdowns and just if – you, if you so much as give him an inch of single coverage, he'll take a mile and run it in your face. He, you can't guard him one-on-one unless you're Darius Leonard, basically. So I have him at number one, and, yeah, can I have all of these guys? Exactly. And I got the one thing I got to say about DeAndre that I left out, and you sort of mentioned it a little bit, but maybe the best sideline awareness – of any of the guys, I've never seen list. him on the sideline not get his feet in bounds. Exactly, while he can like, catch it. It's been the one time, and that was that circus catch from all hell. That that's the only time I think I've ever seen, and that's why it sticks out is because he didn't get his feet in. And no, he got, he got his feet in bounds. They got it wrong. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Brendan. So who do you have at number one? And I hope it's not a bear. <laughs> no, but it is the only person I could think of who could beat our president in a tweet race. That'd be Mike Thomas. Whew. <laughs> that'd be a really boring to watch that'd be a really boring to watch race words. we got a we got a twitter race on our hands <laughs> i mean the the guys on every single post that you see every article you see his name is all over twitter wise but no i mean other than that that's my only gripe with him is if he if, if he could cool that down kind of like how we could have less twitter in general be fine you know, I mean, everything you guys said about him is great. The only the only thing that I, I think puts him at the top is his ability to gain the trust, not just his skill, but gain the trust of both QBs on the team. Not just one, but both QBs. I mean, the dude had 180 targets just to him. There's no one anywhere close to that in the rest of the league. I mean, that's that's a level of trust from from your your QB, your, from your your coaches, everyone that that a lot of guys just don't have. I mean, even when when uh, other teams have their backups come in, I mean, most of them they, they'll find a guy that they like, but it's not guaranteed to be that number one guy like they they have over in in New Orleans right now. So I I think that adds a little bit of extra um, to to his skill set is is being able to not only play at the level he does. But to, to have the trust of anyone who steps into that, that pocket to just be able to throw, get the ball, get get the next play, you know, and keep going down the field. I think that, that adds a different level of play than uh, a lot of guys have. So I put him at number one just for that. He's the best slot receiver in the game. I'm just going to kind of reiterate that point now, which I think helps him out a lot with those catches when you give a good guy that good a two-way go. Yeah, I, almost impossible. He's just—it's different. And Sean Payton's the best offensive coordinator for his skill set, arguably too. I mean, he's—he's yeah. he's really good. As, he did it with Marcus Colson, a guy with a very similar build, who's like just a little taller, six four, out of Hofstra. No one hears of him. No one's heard of him since. But for a four-year stretch, it's like, oh, this guy. How do we stop this guy? Yeah. And then heck, Jimmy Graham was a slot receiver, really, if you look at it. Yeah, no, he, you know, uh, yeah, obviously Mike Thomas is my number one. That's the only one I've left off, uh, you know, besides the guys that I left off. <laughs> besides the rest of the, besides like 17 guys. Besides, yeah, besides the remaining 17 on my list. Uh, but no, you know, it, you know, you're exactly right. I think the only thing that is faster than his tweet output is the number of COVID cases we're getting right now. Um, so wear your mask, people. That's my, my PSA moment for the day. But no, seriously, it's, you know, honestly – that's the only gripe I think I could even come up with Mike Thomas for. I mean, you talk about he earned his trust with the quarterbacks. 
That's what happens when you have 3.9% drop rate over your entire career since you entered the NFL. 3.9%. Best rate since he's come into the league from any receiver. And that's just insane. Like, you, three, three, that's basically three drops every 100 passes. So, good luck, you know, trying to stop that. And he's getting 100 plus attempts to catch them every game. Exactly. So, you know, and really, the only thing I think that can stop him is if Drew Brees falls off. Because there's no backup now. I don't even know who the backup is anymore. Jameis Winston. So you know what? Oh, boy. He might actually break his receptions record again. No, wait. It's LASIK <laughs> Jameis. So we might, we'll might we be good. He'll, he'll actually be able to hit Mike Thomas. That's what I'm saying. He'll oh, break okay. the receptions record because he's going to get a lot more opportunities regardless of if he's covered. Jameis like, yeah. oh, I can see. You're covered. I'm trying it anyway. And I think the only chance he has of taking any receptions away is if Jared Cook has another great season. But Jared Cook's getting old. Maybe older. Kamara comes, bounces back with yeah. a fury and they run it more like – I mean, really, the guy is set up to have another blockbuster year where, oh, by the way, he's going to have Drew Brees throwing the ball hopefully all season. And like, he'll have Emmanuel Sanders opposite of you now, too. If there's a, if he has much left, like he looked pretty good last year, maybe he takes some targets. Maybe he gives you more targets because they can't just fully ignore Emmanuel Sanders. Yeah, I mean, the guy Emmanuel Sanders is one of those guys that next – like as long as he's not the number one target anymore, he showed he can be that really good – even as a number one in – he was a number one, quote-unquote, in San Francisco because we all know number one is George Kittle. Uh, but, you know, he as far as receivers go, te- technically he was the number one. So he took a lot of the attention of pressure off of Kittle to, to be able to get open. So And he was still open on that could-have-been game-winning touchdown pass, which is an incredibly hard pass, but he yeah. made, he got open and almost made that play to what that would have won them the Super Bowl. Exactly. So, you know, nothing to slouch about, and that could do nothing but improve it for Mike Thomas because again kind of like the Julio case everybody on that side of the field looks at Mike Thomas well okay now you throw outside of him Emmanuel Sanders uh crap who do I have to cover the most because you're looking at Mike Thomas do his three option slot receiver thing Mm -hmm. and then oh Emmanuel Sanders is going to break the top off of him oh crap what do I do so uh yeah yeah he's I I don't even get how he can be that good but Really, I'll take any guy that any one of us has just named in our top five, and I will happily take them on any team possible. I will trade Patrick Mahomes' salary in and be able to pay all of them, too. Exactly. Well, I don't know if I could pay Amari and Devontae what they deserve, but you know what? I know Amari left off my list, but I'm just looking at my 17 people on my list that could have made this. Well, I guess you mentioned Amari, so I'm going to guess he's one of your honorable mention guys. Since we have so many, we can each, we'll can we just go ahead and name some other guys on this list that deserve recognition, but just a quick shout-out to them, too. Yeah, you know, we mentioned Amari, or I mentioned Amari, um, obviously as a Cowboy fan, but in general, he's just burst on the scene since he's been in Dallas. One of the best route runners. Uh, he caught the ball a little bit better. Yeah, exactly. Uh, another guy who kind of gets hampered by drops, but... Now that he's in Buffalo, could be even greater. Stephon Diggs. He's gonna his yards per catch are gonna skyrocket with Josh Allen's stupid arm. Absolutely. And then the last one would be probably Chris Chris Godwin. Uh, I mean, just what he can do after the catch, as Brennan mentioned, is insane. Um, Especially for a bigger guy, not even yeah. like a speedster guy. And now he's got Tom Brady, who is one of the best guys throwing you open. So hey, you get a couple slant routes, and Tom Brady throws you open. Oh, by the way, I'm taking this eighty to the house. Like okay. That'd be the, that's Tom Brady's career summarized. Throws it five, <laughs> gets an 80-yard score. Exactly. But, DJ, what about what are some of the receivers le- left off? So there's a whole list of them. We mentioned Keenan Allen, the best off the line in the game. Another, another couple guys. T.Y. Hilton in Indianapolis, arguably when he's healthy, one of the top three or four deep threats. 
even with, and he showed in those four or five games where he got injured, even without Andrew Luck, he could still be an absolute monster. Absolutely. He had like six touchdowns, not six touchdowns. He had about four touchdowns through four games. He was making Jacoby Brissett look really good. He gave them that number one option where if you double teamed him, oh, wow, suddenly Paris Campbell's a receiver. Wow, Eric Ebron's actually open to where even he can't drop it. Oh, and then here comes the return of the Mac running downhill behind Quentin Nelson. He really kind of catapulted that offense to their 5-2 and two start they had. And then once he got hurt, and then Jacoby got hurt and went all downhill, they never were quite able to get the rhythm back. And when he had Andrew Luck, he was the best deep threat in football, besides maybe Tyreek Hill, maybe. Yeah, who's another guy we all left off our list. I think Tyreek Hill's he can run straight <laughs> better than anyone, and if you get the ball in his hands, he's the he is the best receiver with the ball in his hands, in my opinion. Probably. I know I talked about Odell, but him and Odell could be like 1A, 1B for completely different reasons. Look, you got a cheetah and you got a puma. Like, take your pick at who you want running the ball back. Exactly. With those years under Reggie Wayne, T.Y. Hilton's mastered route running, too. Double moves, in and outs, stop and goes, deep posts. Honestly, if him and Phil Burris can click it all this year, look for T.Y. to break out. I mean, T.Y. led the league in receiving yards, if I'm not mistaken, in 2017 when Luck was hurt. When he had Jacoby and Curtis Painter throwing in the ball. Not Curtis Painter, but uh, Scott Tolzien. Yep. So he's very, very capable. It's, he's a nuclear weapon that can go off at any time, basically. And he can also get you first downs and be all reliable. So T.Y. is one guy. Then another guy who we all kind of talked about, receivers who beast it without a quarterback. D.J. Moore in Carolina had Kyle <laughs> Allen throwing him the football and was top five in receiving yards. The uh, Curtis Samuel on the other side, who is cool. He is good. But he's not Chris Godwin opposite Mike Evans. Yeah, he's, not he's not Emmanuel Sanders. He's just a really nice piece that if you have a good quarterback, can make look really good. But you had Kyle Allen. You had Christian McCaffrey in the backfield, who also stole a bunch of snags because he's Christian McCaffrey and has the most, second most catches through three his first three years behind Mike Thomas. Yeah, literally behind. He's a receiver. He's a receiver. He, he runs the ball. He is everything Reggie Bush was supposed to be. And some. But anyway, this is not Christian McCaffrey. This is about we'll DJ get to that one next <laughs> This is about DJ Moore, who has evolved quickly into a true deep threat of just an absolute he's a number one receiver. That we talked about Calvin Ridley earlier. DJ Moore is the best receiver in that draft class right now, in my opinion. Yeah. He's he's Stephon Diggs, but younger and a more maybe a little more revitalized, maybe a little more polished early on. And I know they went to the same school, that's kinda of why I'm comparing them, but I think he's he could be Stephon Diggs two honestly. And maybe if you take away some of the shenanigans, I mean, he hasn't really had anything besides Steve Smith saying you're not going to let down my fantasy team this year, are you? Before <laughs> the season during one of their training camps. And boy, did he not disappoint. No. He did not disappoint. All right, Brennan, so who's a couple of receivers that just missed your list? Um, one of mine, uh, his, his uh, career was revitalized by uh, not being on the same team as he was drafted. Uh, I've got Amari Cooper. Okay. Yeah. Um, just just the amount of difference it, it it he had going from the Raiders to the Cowboys was astronomical. I mean, his first couple of seasons were were good seasons, you know, decent for young guy just getting into the league. Then he dropped off, and then once he was traded over to the Cowboys, it was like it, it was like a light switch, man. It was kind of like the uh, I can't remember who I compared who I was going to compare him to. Chris Carter. Uh, he, uh, <laughs> sorry about that. No, it's, 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 exactly, it's kind of like Chris Carter. Yeah. Where he, you know, he, he went in and he basically revolutionized that offense in a way. Because, I mean, no offense to any Cowboys fans or anything, but 
No, they, was, they were awful. It was, it, it, was <laughs> Zeke, it was Zeke gets the ball or no one gets it at all. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. And once he came in, man, it was it was a little bit more of of uh, the Cooper show than the, the Zeke show, at least for the first part. And then once they started meshing, I mean, the only different, the only thing that's really needed in that offense left is the quarterback. Thank you. Yeah, if they had a quarterback, they would be they would be the 2007 Patriots. Look, if they had a quarterback, Amari Cooper would be on my list right now. If they had a quarterback, <laughs> they'd be on my Super Bowl list. That team would be. Yeah. <laughs> no kidding. That defense was mean last year. It was when mean it, to watch. To be, when it wanted to be, it was very mean. It did have very, very, very bad play. But <laughs> yeah. There was some mean parts of that defense that if they could have built on instead of letting it go and trying to pay Dak, um, you know, they would have been would have been set up for a long time. I don't know what you're talking about. Letting go of Jeff Heath was the best thing Dallas has ever done in their career. <laughs> yeah, but get, letting go Even of though Robert he was arguably was their best best defender last year in, in the secondary. God, what a terrible <laughs> And letting go of Byron Jones. Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, they're not going to talk about that, though. But any other receivers that almost made your list? Uh, yeah. Um, this one is a little bit more of the, one of those not as big of a name guys. Didn't go to a big college. But, man, he just keeps thriving in the offense he's in despite how bad the offense can be. I've got Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup. I like it. He just makes plays. God, he, he, he really does, man. I mean, he was, what, tied for second in most receiving touchdowns with 10? Something in that area, like yeah, yeah eleven hundred yards. I mean, he he had a great season, and the crazy part is, is I don't. He, he's not the number one, is he? No. Uh, yes and no. Like he's not. Like he plays in the slot so much. Well, because technically yeah. they have Brandon Cooks, right, and then Robert Woods. They did have Brandon Cooks. Yeah, that's yeah. true. But yeah. But, but either way, no matter what way you slice it, yeah. Just the way that he, you know, the way he gets open, he makes plays. He's not the biggest, and he's definitely not the fastest guy on the field. But by God, man, he—he's one of those guys who just always seems to have the ball. His route running is absolutely clean. His hands are fantastic. And I watched him in college because he played in the same conference that I went to college at. When he gets the ball in his hands, he doesn't look like he's absolutely about to destroy your life until he's destroying your life and getting a <laughs> seventy-yard touchdown while breaking everybody's ankles and soul, and taking your wife at the same time. Well, let's not go that far now. <laughs> But it's close. It's close. He started all four years. He had double-digit touchdowns all four years in college. More than he had a two thousand yard receiving yard season at one point. His junior year, yeah. Yeah, and his sophomore year, he was at like eighteen hundred yards. Like he's an absolute stud, and it's kind of cool to see him translate to the NFL and fit into an offense that utilizes his ability to basically run crossing routes and stop in zones the way he sees the field. And when, like we mentioned, you get the ball in his hands, he's a stud too. He's not the fastest breakaway guy, but. He has no problem running away from people. It seems to, he seems to do it surprisingly well. And when Jared Goff is able to hit him, they have a really – I think he's the number one there. He may not be number one on the depth chart, but he's the first guy Jared Goff's looking to. He's the safety blanket for Jared Goff, 100%. He, that's his guy. Like, that's his Gronkowski for Tom Brady, that sort of thing. Like, that's his guy. Yeah. I'll say one more I just thought about that we all kind of overlooked. Uh, ironically, DJ, you're overlooking him considering he's your namesake. Um, but he was my literally the name of my fantasy football team last year, uh, and yet I thought it was a joke. And then oh, oh by the way, he had a great season. Uh, DJ Shark. I, I'm I'm wondering if he can have another great year. 
but I can't uh, pick him with DJ more than I'm just being biased. I mean, like, I, look, I was expecting Hunter <laughs> Renfro on this list, so it's not. Don't that get me started biased. on myself. <laughs> but no, DJ Shark is another one I look for. Can he have a great year? Is it going to be the the Gardner show again? And can he continue? You know, and do any of the doing. other receivers show up that they've drafted over the last six years? I mean, Dede Westbrook, Laviska Chenault this year. I know they got rid of Marquise Lee. It looks like, but. They've drafted so many darn receivers that are really, really good and highly touted, but Shark's the only one who's actually seen the pan out for him. Yeah, I'm definitely drafting him in fantasy football league, whether I whether I can or not, just for the namesake again. It, it's mandatory. Yeah, but, well, that does it for us this week. Anybody want to add anything else before we go? There's way too many receivers to keep track of. My goodness. <laughs> yeah. Jesus, no kidding. Yeah, I'm sure, I mean, I know I left out a couple. I can just, I don't even want to get into the names. Um, but yeah, there's we could have probably done an all NFC North list if we wanted to, an all NFC South list. We could have done a top ten list with ten honorable mentions. Really, yeah, well. it's uh, it's just crazy how many how many receivers we got in the league right now. We talked about your boy Adam Thuggin, forty feeling either. Look, I know I left him off my list, and I just didn't want to talk about him because well injuries. <laughs> you had him at number three last year too. Kirk Cousins is why I don't have him on my list, and he lost to Fon Diggs. That's hey. To be honest, to be honest, Kirk Cousins is not as bad as people give him the credit for. That's because you're used to watching Mitch Trubisky all year long. <laughs> hey, his his offensive line has got to be one of the worst in terms of giving him time that he's played with, and that a lot of quarterbacks have played with. They blocked just fine for Dalvin Cook. Yeah. I, and, you know, what I find funny is he has the two of the best receivers at the time, and instead of throwing it up when you're getting pressured, he's like, oh, no, don't tackle me. And curls into a little ball like Eli Manning did. <laughs> but as we were saying, a million receivers account. We didn't even talk about Tyler Lockett or a bunch of these other guys. We could go on and on. We could pick one receiver from every division back. Like, yeah, that's a top seven type of guy. Exactly. It's crazy. Um, like I said, it's top of the top of the show. This is the hardest list I think we've we've had to do yet. I'm saying yeah because I feel like every time we do an episode we say the same thing and <laughs> this one I actually like I 100% I meant it like I had such a struggle with this list. I I don't want to do that again. I, hope, no. I think the rest of this these lists will be a little bit easier but then I'll be wrong. Yeah, I mean quarterbacks I feel like will be easy, halfbacks well we all know who number 1 is. Obviously it's Zeke. I'm just kidding. Don't quote me. Like that's not legit. That's enough for this episode. Thanks for tuning in, guys. We'll continue these rankings list and tune in next time on the High Low Sports Podcast. Later. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. 
so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.